Oh, there it goes. Everybody look up and watch out. It's Keep Up with Sylvan Sane. I'm here with the rest of the Keep Up crew. Welcome with my uh, comrades and cohorts. Let's get into some motherfucking shout out. It's time for some motherfucking shout outs. Hey, hey, hey. It's my good friend Alice, and she is here with her personal shout out. Who are you shouting out this week, Alice? Louise Place on Instagram, LV Place, because she's a badass educator and she's kicking ass in San Francisco. Go check out her Instagram. All right. Hell fucking yes. Go check her out. That's a great shout out. We love shout outs. Our guests get to shout out somebody and hopefully they get to watch the show and they get to get happy that they're on our motherfucking screen. Let's find out what the fuck happened in politics and viral news. What the fuck happened? This is how evil works. All right, before we do that, let's get a little quick intro. We are going to get a deep dive intro with our, our guests, our interview. And I want to thank Alice Helikova. She had Helikova. She has showed up on the show and she's a good friend of mine. But I want her to introduce herself and let loose. Awesome, awesome. Hey, guys. I'm sort of a jack of all trades. I've uh, been. Um, in the tech industry for the past past couple of years in the blockchain industry, saw the spike of uh, Bitcoin go up to 20,000 and drop and kind of it's back up at almost 20,000. So it's an interesting industry. Um, been helping startups evaluate the, their value proposition and get some investment capital, more importantly, bring their products to market. So it's been a lot of fun. And um, based in California, so come out and Check out California Silicon Valley for those of you who've never been here. And uh, don't forget to keep shining. Bring those products to market. Get creative. We all need your stuff. So, Oh, yeah. yeah. No, sorry about that. Um, and there's a lot more to talk about with Alice. So we're going to get through these as quick as possible so we have more time. Like I said, she is a full brand. She is, she's not kidding when she calls herself a jack of all trades. That's, that's, a, that's a light statement because she works really hard. I've seen this woman make great net worth every year. Let's do it. All right. So, cabinet picks. I'm going to click this real quick because there's a few. Joe Biden has picked a few of them already. And thank goodness we found a diagram that goes through them quickly. So right now we have General Lloyd Austin III. He is nominated for Secretary of Defense. He is going to be the first um, black African-American to reside in that post. That's really exciting. He's retired. So then we have his personal friend, Anthony Blinken. Blinken, he is going to be Secretary of State. He's a long uh, standing within the Obama administration as well. Uh, Xavier Becerra, he's going to be the Secretary of Health and Human Services. He'll be the first Latino Latinx to uh, reside in that post. And we have Jake Sullivan, he's going to be National Security Advisor. He's a Rhodes Scholar. We got Linda Thomas Greenfield. She's going to be UN ambassador. At, uh, I believe Susan Rice was the first uh, Black African American to reside, and now we have the second one, and that's Linda Thomas Greenfield. She's great. Then we got uh, another uh, recurring role from the Obama administration. We have John F. Kerry. He's going to be the special envoy for climate. He did the uh, Paris Accord. He was one of the chief architects of that, so that makes sense that he's going to you know he's going to come back in that role. Then we have another comeback candidate, uh, Janet L. Yellen. She used to be the Fed Reserve. You know a lot about that from Bitcoin. Um, now she's going to be the Treasury, the Treasury Secretary, and that's going to be the first time 
someone's held that post, and now it's going to be the first person holding that post, and she's the first woman. So it's going to be great. Um, it may not be exactly what progressives have liked, but it's not the worst deal in the world. It's a lot of mixed. Avril uh, Duhane, she's going to be the director of national intelligence. Alejandro Mayorkas is going to be secretary of Homeland Security. And that's it. And so we have Pete Buttigieg. He's being vetted right now for HUD. Uh, we have uh, Garcetti, who is vying for the position, I think, between him and Ron Manuel. But a lot of people are trying to block that because of, like, all the, the inner city turmoil that they've had um, in L.A. and Chicago. But um, Biden kind of owes them, so that's how politics works. So they probably are going to be put in as cabinet. Um, Alice, all these cabinet picks, I don't know if you're, like, super political, but um, do you have any problems with these picks? Do you – are you excited about any of these nominations? I usually stay out of politics. <laughs> <laughs> all good. Oh, man, are you at least excited about – are you are you at least excited? Because again, you're in Bitcoin. You've been you have a great show. You had a great show called New Economies. We'll get into that in your in your interview. But um, now that you have a woman, it, the, the highest position in in finance in the whole land, isn't that great? I, I thought it was. My bad. So the, <laughs> absolutely, definitely, we need more diversity. It's just my only concern is that we. Um, when we pick these candidates, that we don't just pick them according to what is missing, but also to their skill sets and the resources and what they bring to the table. And so I always look at like what's their um, what's their agenda, who they're uh, affiliated with before I sort of buy into their agenda. So it's important to do a bunch of research in the background. But first woman, I'm happy for that. Absolutely, and um, uh, Sally Yates also. She's going to be in the. Um the intelligence committee. She was part of uh, the CIA before that, but um, back to what you were saying with um, Janet Yellen. Yes. We always have to do our research, but she's pretty good. She's pretty good. She's pretty moderate. She, throughout the time that she was in the fed, she didn't raise uh, the interest rates too high and she wasn't buckling under pressure under Trump the whole time. Surprised she didn't get fired to be honest <laughs> under his uh, administration. But yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a fan of hers to be honest. She's cool. So I'm glad um, that we can see eye to eye on that a little bit. Stimulus negotiations, we'll give a quick update on that. The, uh, the Democrats wanted $2.2 trillion. The Republicans wanted $1.8. And then it actually lowered way down more than that because they got rid of the stimulus check. That's $1,200. So now there's an $800 million deal on the table. A lot of people on the right are, like, calling foul on Nancy because, you know, the negotiation went way down. But, again, a lot of people don't know that that stimulus check is not in there. And there's a lot of uh, also emergency packages that weren't involved in the last bill also. So it's a lot, it's very slimmed down. Um, how do you feel, how do you feel about the economy right now, Alice? Do you feel like we need the stimulus check? Do you think that um, the, the politicians are falling behind on this? Absolutely. And so, so I actually had this conversation yesterday with an a, inventor. He has about 50 patents in the blockchain, it, it, actually in the tech industry. And um, we were kind of talking about, Comparing this pandemic, which is sort of going to create an economic downturn, we compared it to the last economic downturn, the recession of 2007. And half of the tech companies right now that we know of and we actually use, like Uber, Zoom, all these big companies were born in, out of the recession in 2007, oh, yeah, 2008. Venmo. Venmo. Yep. So, it, of course, uh, for the tech industry, these kind of downward cycles are really good. I'd be interested to see what 
what kind of new innovative products will be in the market this in the next few years. So it's, it's good for oh. technology, good for innovation. When you strap your resources, you get hella creative. Hell yeah. Look at Patreon making big moves. Look at OnlyFans. I know that that's uh, erotica, but like OnlyFans jumping off right now. Dude, I you're just totally found right. out about OnlyFans like yesterday. Like it's, it's like this hot app for, for yeah, erotica. Yeah. Porn. Oh whatever yeah. You want to yeah. Um, yeah, no. And there's a big, con- not controversy, but it's hot right now. And somebody put a meme recently and it was like, uh, for Christmas, why look at regular porn when you can look at your friends? You can support local businesses and your friends. Yeah, there's a lot of – I have a lot of friends that actually do it too. And I'm like, wow, nobody has uh, – no shame. But that's okay. That's okay, man. It's your body. It's your bits. Do whatever the fuck you need to do. All good. Um, and actually, to be honest, it's good, especially like with music, independent music, independent film, especially the porn artists that have been going – like they get ripped off by these porn agencies, Pornhub, all that, and even the distributors – so the fact that they're getting these subscriptions on their own directly to their fans. Yeah, direct to consumer, yeah. Th- those bit types exactly. of business models are, are going to be in demand in the future, direct to consumer. Totally right. Uh, a little bit of sports. DeMar DeRozan, he is – oh, by the way, they're not that close to the stimulus deal. Mitch McConnell is really standing firm on companies being sued during the pandemic. There's like a window that they're trying to negotiate um, six months before. The Republicans want full immunity. Like if they open up the economy in certain states, they want full immunity on companies opening up and getting their employees sick. And uh, one of the other holdups is – what's the other holdup? I forgot what it was. But anyway, they're trying to come balancing, to an agreement. I think it's balancing the budget, balancing individual state budgets. Oh, that's right. They didn't want to bail out the Democratic states. They feel, so there's two conflicting ways that people have been trying, that states have been trying to uh, stave off Corona. You have the red states, most of them like DeSantis and Texas, Florida. They're just pretty much staying open, keeping old people safe, and trying to keep the most vulnerable people at bay. That's the, that's their that's their way to combat COVID. The blue states or whatever, whoever, like mostly uh, legislative people that are Democratic in these states are closing down and they're trying to lock down for a certain amount of weeks. And it has been working. And it what like it depends on who you're asking what works. But if you look at the stats, most of the state, New York was one of the highest states. Now it's fourth lowest deaths. So and Texas is one of the highest now. So it depends on what you're doing with. So like you said before, Republicans that are in this bipartisan bill are crying foul. They're like, well, Democrats, you locked it down, and now all these uh, all these businesses, these small businesses, need a bailout, and that's your fault. And the same thing, the Democrats are pointing the same finger. The Republicans are like, well, you kept the economy open, and now all these hospitals are built, and you want us to bail you out by like having full immunity on getting sued. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, do you have anything to comment on that? I mean, here in California, they just in Orange County, we're we're um, we're just like L.A. County. So the restaurants shut down, and my my roommate, he actually works in a pizza shop. And he says we're not closing down, and and I said, well, is that infor- what's going to happen? Are you good? are we going to get a fine for the businesses that are open? No, we just won't follow the mandate. And so it'd be kind of interesting, uh, along with that, with the vaccine that comes out. Usually, in historic in his from history. 
pandemics, you give the uh, vaccine to the first in line uh, aid workers, then you give it to everybody else. But somehow it's a race between each nation who gets to give out the vaccine and to to whom. And it's not going to be in stages, which is why we're going to have a pandemic. Um, The recovery process will take another two years. If we just give it, um, this is what some of the um, people in the industry are saying, medical and also tech. So if you want to do it properly and if we learn from history, we learn that we give the vaccine first to the aid workers. Now, I'm not saying I support the vaccine. That's a whole nother conversation. But I think it's just sort of we got to learn from our mistakes from the past. We still haven't. No, we haven't. Um, even with influenza, even even as far back as 1918, when we were having uh, bacteria pneumonia, like develop even with maps. So like nothing is perfect. The CDC is not perfect. Who is not perfect? Nobody. CDC got Nobody's... defunded. Oh well. Wow. <laughs> like what other? Like yeah, I mean, like it, during I, Trump, and now it's an issue because how how do we have the protocols? You know, like well, the reason why I shrug my shoulders is because someone's about to enter into office, like literally in a couple weeks. You know, well, not in a couple weeks, in like a month. So uh, he'll just reverse that. He'll just like put the funding back. Congress will put the funding back. It's but you're right. It was at a detrimental time, and especially with the stimulus, like he is trying to win a re-election bid that he can't win. And instead of trying to fight the virus, he even tried to claim with warp speed, even though Moderna, Pfizer, all of them, Johnson and John, they all don't take funding until the last phase. And so, uh, and Pfizer took no funding, zero funding from the government. So it's a lot. And all the doctors, by the way, have denounced Trump. They're just like, what is warp speed? Like, we don't even know what he's talking about. Like, we didn't even, we weren't even consulted on this warp speed. And again, yet again, he's, he's, uh, laying claim to, uh, those viruses being, and they're about to be administered, like you said, to first responders. I'm going to take it. I've been taking the flu vaccine for three years. Uh, I wasn't a believer in it until I started working as a marketer for it at Columbia University, where they uh, uh, they did a very good job, by the way. It was really bad in that area, and then they helped stave off, they helped uh, minimize the damage of the disease, the disease, sorry, the virus over there. And so I felt bad because I was like, I'm marketing this this vaccine, and I haven't taken it. And so I took it. And I've, I've been great. I was, I started getting sick a little bit before I took it and I used to never get sick. And now I've been taking it every year, the last three years and I feel amazing. So who knows? Everybody's body acts differently. There's some people that are anti-vax and they're about to go do a, a line of Coke. So I don't give a, like some people are just stupid. Some people are just stupid and it's okay if you, but the good thing about herd immunity is if uh, like at least 70% of the country is taking it, it doesn't matter if the rest of them are taking it. So good. that's good news for people like Jim Carrey and uh, Jen, uh, Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> and all the rest of the people doing their anti-vaccination um, research on the toilet. So here we go. Uh, Melissa. Oh, so DeMar DeRozan. I, I was trying to talk about that before. He's a basketball player. Real quick. He um, had robbers come into his house just like Sean Taylor. But Sean Taylor got shot. So that's a bad story. But DeMar DeRozan on the San Antonio Spurs, he actually chased this person out. So good job to him. Uh, I'm not even sure if he had a weapon or not, but he did a good job. Did a good job. That's better than uh, Sloman Shield right there. Melissa Carone. Melissa Carone, she is the SNL just did a parody on her. She's one of the uh, witnesses for the fraudulent cases of uh, the election with uh, Rudy Giuliani. 
who actually, uh, he finally won a case. He finally won a case. Um, he got the Corona case. So that's the only case that he can win pretty much at this point. He's lost all the cases so far. There's been over 30 cases as far as trying to uh, turn the leg- legislative branch and trying to get their own electoral towards the uh, Secretary of State of Georgia and Nevada and Wisconsin, not Wisconsin, Michigan. Oh, yeah, California just certified uh, Biden as the winner recently. But like I said, Melissa Carone, she used to be a security, a cybersecurity uh, person. She's actually a criminal. And she has been all over the testimonies, and she's like, and everybody keeps saying she's drunk with her little rat nest hair. That sucks. I wouldn't want to be on TV like that. But even with the affidavit, have you seen this woman? Have you seen uh, Melissa Carone at all? Absolutely not. Not. Oh, oh, lucky okay. you, man. <laughs> lucky you, man. Um, who just who just impersonated her? I forgot, but it was really funny. I think uh, I think what's her name? Uh, Oh, man. Uh, Kate McKinnon. I think she was uh, Giuliani in the last one, too, and it was really funny. But fuck Giuliani. Fuck COVID. Let's move on. All right. Steve Muchin. He is the current Treasury. He's about to get replaced with Janet Yellen. But before he does, he likes to get roasted by Congress people. So Katie Porter, who actually is a lawyer, and, uh, Katie, I'm going to read you our tweet. When I tried to read Steve Uchin, the law that contradicts his bogus claim to get less COVID relief, question whether I'm a lawyer. Just want to make sure he has the answer. One of us is a lawyer, and it's not him. Now, in his testimony, uh, during his discussion with Katie Porter on a Zoom call, obviously, we're trying to stay safe. She asked him if he was a lawyer, and he said that he report he has lawyers that report to him. That's cool. That, that doesn't mean you're a lawyer. That, that wasn't a, a like you know. That, that's a great non-answer. So then she then he tried to ask her if she was a lawyer, and not only is she a lawyer, she is a Harvard grad, and she teaches law. What kind of shit is that? Do you know anything about Katie Porter, Alice? No, I actually should, but I don't. You will. So what you should do one day is type her in, type in Katie Porter, and type in Jamie Dimon, the CEO of of Chase. And she roasted the shit out of him, too, man. Oh, man. She was making a presentation of one of his workers, one of his workers, one of his employees, of how she has a fixed income and she still gets in the red every month as his employee. As a teller. Oh, I remember as a teller. Yeah. That's right. And that she, I think there was a, she testified against him in, in Congress. There was a video on YouTube that went viral. Yep, yep. And he, yep. I remember that. So he couldn't, uh, she asked him the questions and um, made, actually made the statements and, and he didn't have any responses for those. That takes a yeah. lot of bravery to go up Jeez. against him. Right? One of the biggest banks in the world, in the universe. <laughs> Chase is too big to fail, and Jamie Dimon is ahead of it. So you're right, that is intimidating. Even though she's a politician, you would think that, like, you know, she has the ammo to come at him, but, like, corporations, man, they rule the world. So, let's get into some music. Listen this week. Sometimes you fall in love. What the mother, motherfucker, fuck, 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 did I hear? Time to face the music, guys. Halsey, she got ripped off at the Grammy. She had one of the biggest hits this year. She has a new album called Manic. Is She Like You Know? That's an EP. 
Sean Mendez right now is killing it on the charts. He has his new album called Wonder. Youngblood, I don't really know who this person is, but everybody keeps talking about him, so I'm going to have to listen to him a little bit. He has a new album called Weird. I believe he's a white rapper. Anime, I do know him. He's great. Limbo, he has a new deluxe album. He's amazing. If you like um, Afrocentric type of music, type of uh, trance music, it's amazing. And he has a little rap in there, too. Bastille, I think you know Bastille, right? The, uh, the DJ? Not the DJ. Yeah, DJ. Yeah. Goosebumps is a new EP. Currency, Welcome to Jet Life Recordings. And, yeah, are, what are, do you have a favorite song from Bastille, uh, Alice? No, but I heard them. I think I was, like, on the street somewhere in L.A., and somebody was, like, like singing out loud from the car and there's this girl dancing and I'm just like, who, who's that, who's that, who's that singer? Who's that band? <laughs> like the steel. I'm like French. <laughs> yes. Yes. And they're very right. successful. Good for them. They have a new are album. English or are they English pop? I'm not sure. English you know or what? French? Let's, let's not be ignorant and let's look it up. I, I think English. Band. band. Pop band, they are English, right? Right. Well, the French word, yes, they're English, right? Sorry about that, guys. Indie, indie, yeah, indie rock. So the electronic pop. So that was the. I heard some electronic music. That's what it was in LA. True. True. Perfect spot to listen to that, especially in the UK and Europe. Yeah, UK and California electronic music. I love electronic music. I know. Um, I don't love it, but uh, I definitely need to hit up a visa. That's I know you have, right? Almost, almost a visa's high. Almost, no way. I thought you have. Oh my god! But I definitely, when the travel is right, hopefully not two years from now, but two years knows, from might... now, when you're going to be around millions of people on the oh. beach dancing. Oh my <laughs> god! Those days are gone. Those no, days are gone. <laughs> Anyway, let's talk about Ice-T before we get into the uh, the TV and film portion of the show. Ice-T made a good point. He said that Gangster Rap is dead. And I don't think it's dead, to be honest. But as far as living the music and writing at the same time. And he's kind of right. Takashi 69 he was fake. And I don't even like that music. That shit was trash. But Bobby Schmurder, he's in jail for murder. And he literally was singing what he was talking about. And 50 Cent, while he was writing his music, was getting shot. So I haven't really heard that many artists do that recently. I know Not that we all want our artists to be in peril or in danger, but when it came to gangster rap, that was pretty much, you know, you lived what you rapped. Even with Eminem, he talked about trailer park life, blah, blah, blah. Now, nowadays, you don't have to. What's his name? Um, 21 Savage. He's British, and he didn't even tell anybody. He, he's from Georgia. He didn't even tell anybody he was British for the longest time. You don't have to tell who you are as a rapper these days. You can just you can just write it and just pretend. Just pretend. <laughs> to um, be a poser? You, Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and you know they used to. And it's funny that that uh, Fifty Cent uh, made a song, Wangsta, and all that, like back in the day when we were in college and shit like that. But. Yeah, it is a poser, uh, Vanilla Ice, but it's okay. It's okay. It, we're in a new we're in a new era, and they pay the artists a lot more than they used to. So there's a lot more investments with Diddy when when uh, when Biggie died and Tupac. Those are huge monumental losses. And losses that are happening recently: Extension, Nipsey Hustle. I don't. Oh yeah, Nipsey Hustle. Damn, that was another one that was living his music, and he died. So I guess that's what he meant: the the living legends. 
because yeah, man, it's not a good idea. All good. Do you do you have a favorite Fifty Cent song? Is Fifty Cent still around? I gotta ask. She is, man. Get the strap. He produces power. Is she still around? I haven't heard him in a while, to be honest. What it's all good. I only ask. I only ask if he was really popular in college. Yeah. <laughs> when we went to Japan in the boondocks. In the boondocks cornfields, yeah, I remember. Right. Dan. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. So then we'll talk about what I watched this week, and let's see if you did too. I like it a lot. What the fuck did I watch? All right, all right. Selena the series. Did you see the movie, Alice? Uh, yes, the movie Selena. Jennifer yeah. Lopez. Yes, yes. She's good. Mr. She's um, good. Yeah. Classic movie. Classic One of the best movie. performances by J-Lo by far. Absolutely. Right so now we have... Her, the yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not as good as the movie, obviously. The movie was superb. It was fantastic. Um, no, the series is pretty good, and it's and it's executive produced by the family. They they can't stop trying to make, but it's okay. Um, so I saw this debate recently. Somebody was like, "I can't stand that the family is trying to make money off of Selena." I'm like, "Who else is going to make money off of Selena?" You know what I'm saying? Like, and wouldn't, and wouldn't Selena want that? You know what I'm saying? Why would she want her family to starve? You know what I'm saying? She made that music for it to live on. You know? And I'm not saying that's exactly what she was thinking. But I have no problem. I have no problem with it. I don't like. I get it. I get why people feel that way. How do you feel about that? Like they're re- like we had a beautiful movie, but that was almost thirty years ago. You know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of people that are not going to know anything about Selena. What, what do you think about the, think the show? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good idea because first of all, legacy is a legacy. Nobody owns a legacy other than the person who helped create it, and that's based on the person's life. And so that that legacy has to live on. This is why we still have Elvis around. Because Graceland, the house, became a museum, and the family preserved his legacy through the museum and um, foundation work. Got to live on. We got to know who the stars of the past are. Yeah, nobody's complaining that Priscilla Presley is making millions of the estate still. Definitely not complaining, so we shouldn't be complaining about Selena. Or Lisa Marie. Exactly. Red Table Privilege. Well, again, I like the show. It's good. Again, not as good as the movie, but you should definitely check it out. I know the Latin community is very picky when it comes to representation, so I know they don't. I'll put it on my the, list. You got it. Then we got Red Table Privilege, the popular show Red Table Talk. Uh, Lori Lachlan has a daughter that she tried to get on a road team, even though she wasn't on the road team. So she got caught in a scandal. She went to jail. Uh-oh. <laughs> and her, her daughter, Olivia Jade, was an influencer. For that, so she technically didn't even want to go to college. Like she got this extra privilege on her, and like I said, Lori Laughlin and uh, Felicity Huffman, I believe, the one from Desperate Housewives. So we got Full House, and we got Desperate Housewives, and uh, and their children. Like I said, they tried to pay for them to get to school outside of tuition. Happens all the time, by the way. Just people don't usually get caught. Dr. Dre did it recently, but he bought a statue. We, we saw it all the time at DePaul. People would donate to buildings, and all of a sudden they would get a B plus. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit happens all the time. Obviously, oh, yeah, when re- you do remember uh, one of our classmates that kept getting a parking ticket every day? You know who yeah. I'm talking about. <laughs> yep. Yep. There was and a lot. At the end yeah, of the year, yeah. with hundreds of parking tickets that were excused. Yeah, if you want typical white privilege, all you need to do well, is go to our 
Yeah, like, all you have to do is go to campus, definitely. I mean, let's be honest. Privilege comes in many colors. Privilege is yeah. privilege. No, you're right. Uh, I feel you. I feel you. I guess. But uh, expand on that. Expand on that. Privilege comes in many There's colors. Privilege that's, that's in, in many colors. In every country, it comes down to it's not just the United States. You have privilege in Trinidad and Tobago. You got it in Ivory Coast. You have it in Lebanon. Or you have certain people that have access. So privilege yeah, usually, comes in different colors. But it's usually lighter shade, darker shade. That's changing because the, the okay. that's changing because of the um, emerging markets. You have India and China that are buying our debt and they're buying our real estate and they're definitely more of them in the master's programs and the ac- ac- uh, in the um, in the colleges and so that that's that's changing. They're not white, so that the fabric of the wealth in this country is changing in the last 10, 20 years, and that's due to technology. Absolutely. And there's still um, not all Asians, but obviously um, the Harvard uh, lawsuit is going to change a lot of things with the affirmative action. So we'll, we'll stay tuned with that. So like I said, uh, Olivia Day didn't even want that. And um, she read Red Table Talk story. Uh, it was okay. But I love Red Table Talk. It's a little different. I usually see ratty kids trying to explain themselves. But again, she pretty much made her statement uh, state of she pretty much wasn't a part of that scandal. So I guess we're just either going to have to believe her or just not care. All right. Uh, Mank. We have an Oscar frontrunner right now. Gary Oldman stars in it. Um, it is about uh, Mankiewicz. He is a he was the writer for Citizen Kane, the famous Orson Welles movie, one of the greatest movies of all time. Uh, what's it called? Uh, what was the uh, Red, Red, uh, Red Rose or something like that? I forgot the, the red sleigh. So Herman J. Mankiewicz, oh Lily Collins as well, Phil Collins' daughter. I made a Seafree is in it as well. It's really good. So Mankiewicz, like I said, wrote Citizens Kane. They were nominated for nine Oscars, and they only came away, came home with one, and it was for screenwriting. And Orson Welles put him as one of the writers, even though he wasn't. And so that's one of his Oscar wins. And uh, and so in this film, you get to see, you get it revealed, even though he made a press conference about it before he died, uh, Mr. Mankiewicz, Herman Mankiewicz. And so, yeah, this is a good film. It's in black and white. Um, a fun fact, David Fincher, the director of Seven, the director of Fight Club, he directs this. His father in the 90s wrote this movie. His name is Jack Fincher. Yeah, he wrote this movie. And nobody would pick it up because it was in black and white and they didn't want, they didn't want, no studio would do it. So then years later, his son picked it up again, sold it to Netflix, and here we are. Now we have Mank, and again, it's, it's supposed to be everything. an Oscar. Oh, absolutely. Timing is everything. Totally agree. Totally agree. The flight attendant, you would like this. Say that again? Speaking of screenplays, I'm learning how to write screenplays then. That's perfect. You're a great writer. I, I, I like nothing less. I'm writing a web series myself, actually, so prepare notes. <laughs> I'm Dexter, and I'm not sure what I am. Hi, Dexter. I just know there's something dark in me. I hide it. I certainly don't talk about it, but it's there, always. 
And when he's driving, I feel alive. Half sick with the thrill, the complete wrongness. I don't fight him. I don't want to. He's all I've got. Nothing else could love me. Not even... Especially not me. Or is that just a lie? The dark. Next, we have Euphoria that stars the Emmy winner uh, Rue. That is uh, Zendaya. It was boring, by the way. Uh, so COVID obviously affects everything, and they decided they wanted to come out with two specials in between the seasons. And the first one is about is going to be about Rue, the main character of the show. And then the second protagonist is Jules. She's a um, transgender person on the show. She's also writing the second episode as well, co-writing with Sam Levinson. I love you for it. But the whole episode was in a diner. The whole episode. It was an hour episode, and they were in a diner. And they were just talking about um, recovery. Was, and it no was it like very, Was it very static? There was not a lot of movement, just like one place just dialogue just them talking about recovery and not that like you know i'm again i'm not trying to slight anybody recovering but i'm so tired of getting in the minds of people recovering like i i it's boring to me like why like you could do it don't don't like i don't like i'm just not i, I just feel like i've seen it so much and so to have like two people talking about it the whole time the whole episode i almost fell asleep how do you feel about recovery on tv alice haven't seen it, but if I've seen it, I probably would have. No, no, no. I mean, in general, when you watch television or film, do you feel like it's redundant now? Like, uh, like rehab type situations? Like, like when they go so introspective in it? Yeah, I, I think it's, I mean, the way, so there's like three components, right? That to make it a little bit more, that could make it interesting. It's really all about the lighting and camera angle. So even if you have a dialogue, it can, with music, light, lights and uh, camera angles, it could be more, more interesting. And I think it comes when you, when you, um, tell a story, it's about show versus tell, right? So when we think about, um, recovery or any sort of psychosis around it or, you know, stigmas around it, I look at the Joker. You know, I look at the Joker and the way that they portrayed mental health. It was very artistic. And so it's always about putting a unique perspective on a, on a common problem. And it's still important to address. It's just telling the story differently. You're right. And that was a good, that was a really good point. So if you're, it, so they did do that, by the way. They did do beautiful camera angles. Um, they even make a point. Uh, in the behind the scenes that it's a multiple location type of show. So obviously that's going to change COVID going forward. You're going to have to dramatic. And that's a lot of shows. That's not just his show. There's going to be a lot of shows that are going to cut down on locations. It's all going to be a lot more studio focused uh, like they did in the old days. I love the art but, of it. It's yeah. So like, like if you're in theater on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. So they did do a good job of that. Let's, let's be real. Like I, I, yeah, I was bored, but you're right. They had two people. There was one scene in the parking lot, but it was beautifully lit. It was beautifully shot. So if you that's what you're into. You got to look at the art. You got to look at the craft. Yeah, no, you're right. The cinematography was excellent, but the dialogue was boring. So whatever. I'm still a fan. I'm looking forward to Jules' episode. Run is on Hulu that stars uh, Sarah Paulson. 
It is very similar to the uh, miniseries that starred, uh, what's her name, uh, Patricia Arquette. I forgot what that show is called. <laughs> but it's with Joey Knight, and it's basically like Munchausen Syndrome. Uh, so Sarah Paulson uh, gives birth, and her baby dies. and uh, Or so you think it dies, or it's sick, or something like that. And uh, he leaves the hospital with a kid. You don't know how. You're just like, what happened? She goes throughout her whole life making sure that the kid that she brought out of the hospital is crippled through medication. Um, her hair is um, all types of things wrong with her, even though there's nothing wrong with her. There's nothing wrong with her. Sarah Paulson just gets her sick as possible so she can never leave the house. She gets college applications, and Sarah Paulson blocks them and makes it seem that she can get accepted. And the movie, like I said, is called Run. And so obviously this woman is trying to run away from her mother. So it's like a, right? And Sarah Paulson shoots from American Horror Story. O.J. Simpson, she's the best. Uh, Nurse Ratched, she's very good at these type of scary, creepy roles. Nurse Ratched, that's such a good name. Oh, yeah, that's from uh, uh, One Who Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It's a spinoff. Which Very was directed by a, a, a Czech director, by the way. I did not know that. I did not know that. That's awesome. Well, the rights, the, so the movie rights are owned by Michael Douglas. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he still is on the credits whenever you look at Nurse Ratchet. And the film, I mean, the book obviously is owned by the author. But I've said this before, uh, it's actually told in the Native American's uh, perspective. I would actually like to see that. I would, if they actually did read that movie, that would be cool to see in the Native American's perspective, especially that we can't have Jack Nicholson in his, in his 80s reprising the role. I May Destroy You is with my homegirl from Chewing Gum. That is uh, Mikkel Cole. Mikkel Cole, she's really awesome. If you're, if you're not into, so I said recovery, so if you're not into rape culture, uh, you're not going to be into this. But if you're into the introspective parts of it, if you're into the nuances of it, if you're into seeing people's perspective, all types of people's perspective when it comes to rape culture, this is the show for you. Again, it's not just about women. It's about gay people, predators within different communities. You start looking at yourself. Are you a predator yourself? It's a very good show. Again, Michaela Cole, she gets raped at the beginning of the, the series. And she goes backwards to try to find who it is. But while she's trying to find out, again, she finds so many people in her circle that could be doing that same type of activity. Very good show. Pea Valley is a stripper show about these strippers in Mississippi. There's a woman who gets uh, abandoned and she runs away from an abusive relationship. And also her daughter dies in a flood. So she runs to this strip club in Mississippi and she tries to stack her, her money. Uh, in secret, and it's a very, very good show. I love it. I love it. It's on stars. Uh, Fat Man is with Mel Gibson. It's about, uh, and Walton Coggins. It's about Santa Claus and he's, and an assassin trying to come after him. Walton Coggins, the assassin, and Mel Gibson is Santa Claus. Very good. That's a movie. Well, that's on On Demand. Christmas Chronicle for Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. That is about these two kids. Uh, they're trying to give milk and cookies to Santa Claus. And by accident, they end up in his sleigh, and they slow him down. And it's really good. There's a sequel. And the last one is Mario Lopez. This hasn't come out yet, but this is going to be on Lifetime. 
He is playing Colonel motherfucking Sanders. Yes, A.C. Slater, Mr. Axis Hollywood. Is he Axis Hollywood? I forgot what he is. Yeah, I think it's Axis Hollywood. One of those. Pacific Blue, this guy was wearing shorts on a bike, and now he is making chicken rice. He is making finger-licking good television. I, you know, it's so funny. Everybody talks about whitewashing and rolls. This is crazy. I've never seen a because I forgot where he's from actually. I was about to say Mexico, but I'm in Mexico. Uh, yeah, he is playing in a lifetime movie. Playing current. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about? You got to dive. I mean, you got to diversify, and and I'm I'm always in support of actors who are playing roles that we don't expect them to play. I mean, listen, mm-hmm. this got to be good across different verticals and genres. Like, I write erotica, but I started writing uh, fiction and self-help, so. Look at you, Tony Robbins. (laughs) Tony Robbins. (laughs) So he's from, yeah, he's Mexican. There you go. He's from Sinaloa. Well, his family's from Sinaloa, but he's from San Diego. And you're right. I'm I'm all about, but it, it is weird. It is weird. And it's a love story. And it's on Lifetime. And to be honest, he doesn't look like him at all. But I'm, I'm with you, though. I'm with you, everybody, diversifying the roles. And I, and one day I would like for the whitewashing to stop when we can all play roles. Because you're right, it's acting, it is fiction. So we should be able to play as long as you can convince the audience. Yeah, that's your job as an artist is to convince your uh, audience of, of the world that you're creating, whatever that world you want to create. True. Well, thank you for bearing with me. Now we're going to get into the portion where we talk about you. You definitely do not watch a lot of television. No, <laughs> that was really evident. <laughs> so that's okay. That's okay. To be honest, what? I don't even I don't even read a news on I don't even read news or go on social media. I've become very introspective in my. It's okay. You get four books. Well, I don't have four books. I watch a lot of TV and I don't have four books. So that, that just tells you that I have to, I have to watch less TV. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what the fuck did I say? Hey, 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 hey. Alice is ready. Alice is ready to tell us what's up. Like I said, we went to DePaul together. We were on a scholarship group together. That's Posse Alumni 8. Um, shout out to Brandon. He was one of our guests recently. Um, Carl, he's on Posse. We just interviewed him the other day. Courtney, we have another DePaul alum. She is a Bitcoin extraordinaire. Uh, she is a, an accomplished author. Like I said, she has four books. She'll get into that. Uh, she's an influencer. She okay. has an LLC. LLC. <laughs> yeah, she's a writer. Like I said, not just like with her books, but she's been published online. She is an a crazy traveler, Carnegie Mellon um, graduate. Tell me, tell us things that I haven't said, Alice, or expand. Expand, expand. Well, thanks for having me today, Vince. I always like to go on podcasts and last minute or uh, surprise invitation. I, listen, I like it. Yeah. You know, sometimes, yeah. uh, yes, they say opportunity meets preparation, but sometimes improv is the best form of oh, preparation. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember when I was 15 years old, I said to myself, like, what would I, what would I want to do when I'm an adult? Like, you know, you maybe some people have this epiphany when they're four or seven. And I always wanted to go experience the world, and I wanted to see the world because I, uh, fortunately, I have a father who's been to uh, – 
Africa and, and many parts of Europe. And he's just, he just doesn't stop. And he's, he's an entrepreneur, started a couple of businesses and <laughs> failed at them. And he always, uh, he's actually one of the happiest people I know. And I always wondered like, dad, you know, you have like, you've had such a life and, and his philosophy is always, you got to do what you love and treat everybody equally, be humble. And that was the biggest takeaway. And I think that when you're running your own business or um, starting a new project and even ex- just doing different things, like you have to fail fast. That's one of the biggest lessons is that if it's, if it's failing, if it's not working, pivot, move in a different direction, don't be an, an expect failure. So then when you actually fail, you're feeling good about it. Um, I remember when I got rejected at Carnegie Mellon to, to get into Carnegie Mellon, it took me about three tries. And uh, the second time, okay. you remember, the second time I think I got the phone call and I said, cool, I'm going to go get a glass of wine and just like go hang out in Central Park. I didn't cry. Everybody thought I was weird. I said, fine, I'll just try next time. And the, the next time I got a no, it was um, – I had, I guess, whatever you do in life, do it with conviction and uh, learn how to negotiate. And I just kind of, um, you know, gave my 10-minute spiel. And I basically said, no, I'm not leaving. I'll stay on the campus. You're going to have to arrest me. Like, I'm just like, it's impossible for me to leave. Like, you know how I am, Vince. That's and true. That's good, though. It's, it's the same thing. I used to be a journalist. I lived in the Middle East, and my job was to get information from people. Now, mind you, I don't speak Arabic. So oftentimes people just said, like, we're not going to talk to you. Okay, cool. I'll just sit here for five hours patiently until you have to talk to me when you close the office. And so it's like it's the persistence, the will to survive, the will to succeed. Um, And that's that's what makes, um, you know, makes all the difference. It comes down to the persistence. And even when you have all those resources and accomplishments, make sure not to stay in your plateau and sort of like you get the success and you hit a plateau and then people don't know what to do. So it's like, just go climb another summit. You know, you're on a summit. There's plenty of summits. And I live in that philosophy is just never getting really too comfortable or too grounded. Um, However, it's, it's still good to kind of, get grounded. And I think the, you know, I've seen, I've met a lot of people, interesting people in the world, uh, business owners, leaders. I met, um, Muhammad Yunus. He started micro lending in India and just, I met Bill Clinton and all these people when I was a journalist and even running my LLC, which started off as a coaching business, helping my Whatever's in your hand is making noise. Oh, so so uh, I I started um, coaching in in grad school and I was working with professors and students and it was they were bringing really complicated products to the market and so like how do you talk about skin grafts and three D printing organs? Any VC is going to say like that's crazy. We're not going to fund it. When's our return on investment? So when you think that the odds are against you, um, it comes down to, as I said, the persistence and willpower, but also the story. So if you can convince someone of your world, then then you got a customer, then you got an investor, and you have partners. And so it's it's kind of doing what you love and then getting yourself out there and just trying different things. So I've been doing that for the last four years. You have, and. <clears throat> Like I said, you've been busy writing books. Uh, one of them is called You Screwed Up, Pretty Girl Complex, Fly My Lady, A Journal-Inspired Quotes for Women in Technology. 
Absolutely. Which one was your favorite project to work on? It's a good question. I, it, you know, I, I always want to, I'll say the first. It's like your first time. You always remember your first time. Uh-huh. And so my yep. first book. Um, I try to forget my first time and everything I've done. <laughs> to be honest. Even if you so, try to forget it. Doesn't work, doesn't work for me. So I've actually pretty much forgot about it. That's just good. <laughs> <laughs> so your first meal, your first kiss, your first business, your first book, your first child. You remember your my first. My first zit. Your first zit. <laughs> Um, that was kind of cool. I, I think that, uh, you know, for me, it was uh, it was born out of frustration. And I think that, um, you know, running away to a country called Spain and drinking lots of wine and writing a story was not planned. Talk about this book. Talk about yeah, this first baby. I, I basically um, it's a story about um, Miami based dancer who becomes a surrogate mother. And I explore different relationships um, that the character has with um different people in her life with the partner of uh, the, the, her coworkers, her partner, her child. And it talks about pop culture and really how um, relationships are changing and becoming untraditional, more outside of the nuclear family. And what's really cool about it is that I wanted to take two different concepts and put them together that are uh, unique. So a surrogate is, is the process of giving birth to a child and that's, you give it away. So a woman um, gets hired to give birth and um, Kardashian. Yeah, Kardashian. I think Jennifer Lopez too. Can I, I didn't know that. No, I, Jen- I don't think so. Maybe. I know really? the Kardashian, Kardashians, but it's, it's very Whatever. common not, now, not now in Hollywood. Yeah, not important. And um, I just kind of uh, created this character and it was inspired by one of the women I knew who follows me on Instagram, Katie Kansas. She still had, hasn't read the book, though. Uh, but anyway, oh, so it's, it's one of those things that um, that are pretty fun to do, just putting together the concepts and different stories. So I wrote it in Spain. That was crazy. And when I was done after six weeks, my fingers were, like, bruised. I had severe right. carpal tunnel. And I said, okay, cool. I'm sitting on the beach drinking some wine, and I'm never doing this again. Well, four books later, you just keep going. That's my point. Oh, my God. And, <laughs> and you're so talented. You've always been a great writer, so that it was only natural that you would put uh, pen to paper. Very That's happy right. about that. Um, it's going to be a stocking stuffer for me. I got two copies today. I'm going to get more for my family. My family will definitely enjoy that. And purchase By the way, it my for dad- the holidays, and I'll be able to send you a handwritten uh, holiday card. Send me right. Just find me on LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook. So reach out oh, to me. Oh, yeah. There. Yes, and I'll be sending out my Christmas cards with me and nothing but Tinseltoe. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tis the season. Tis the season. season. Yeah. Tis the season. So let's talk about Alice through the looking glass. Like I said, you've always been a great blogger, a good writer. Um, tell us what was the price. So a lot of people don't do LLC. A lot of people don't own the, their rights to their, their brand, to who they are. Talk about, please uh, step us through that. Okay. So through that, so my nickname has always been Alice in Wonderland because I don't know. I'd like to. Lead a different it's sort great of. Life. It's okay. It's nice. I, so like I, it. I said okay. Well, I'll, I had my first website, Alice in Words, which showcased my porf- my writing portfolio, and then I said, well, Alice in Wonderland. That's a copyright issue. I can't name my business. Um, but there is also another book by um, Carol Lewis is uh, Through the Looking Glass. So That's right. Through the Changing Glass was available. 
bought the domain, and then I had a friend who was an IP attorney, so she helped me get it registered as a trademark. Um, depending which state you're in, um, the fees are very they vary. And so in Arizona, um, I think it cost me like three four hundred dollars to set up a business. Oh, it's expensive over here. Mine was over seven hundred. Yeah, I think I think California is like eight hundred. And so I used my mentor's house address as my business address. Oh uh, shit! They're all cool with it to this day. It's still their address. Very cool. And um, you know, got a QuickBooks account. Then I hired an accountant, hired an assistant, and so it's basically like the cost of it's it's very beneficial because you could write off a lot of your expenses like groceries if you uh, or meals and restaurants because you dine with clients and and um, you know you go to your meetings so you, part of your gas bill could be paid for and your accountant who could be your friend so you barter services if you don't want to pay. For an accountant, usually it's around like a thousand dollars a year. Um, you could do it yourself, the accounting. But what's cool is like when you start your own LLC, the biggest lesson in that, whether or not you're profitable, is it teaches you the importance of time, and it teaches you. And this is something I learned recently that fear steals time. Nobody's going to give time back, and you can't get the time back. And so when you think about the past, it breeds negative emotions. If you think about the future, it's also, it also breeds negative emotions. So if you just focus on the present, you understand you're always positive by default because you're producing, you're creating, and you're solving your own problem as you go. And at that, and if you basically, that's what you work. The diff, I found out recently too with my mentor, we were talking about work and labor. When you work at something that you love, it's it's not labor. Labor is you get paid for something, right? But when you're creating, you may not necessarily get – you're doing it to, because you love it. That's your passion, whether or not you'll get paid for it. So, like, the, the sweet deal, as I call it, is like a triangle. So you do what you love, one point, do what you're, what you're good at and what you're getting paid for. So – so what people willing to pay for. So skills, having that skill to actually keep making money, maintaining that business, that's that's very unique. And I think like with any business, like I didn't know I was going to start a business. I just loved mentoring and coaching and I always found a way to solve a problem. And that's when people around me said, you know, why don't you start your own business? And I'm just like, huh? Well, how do I do that? And so I think like, Everybody should have an LLC. It also reduces your tax burden. Nobody likes to pay high taxes. Trust no, me. I'm fucking up with that. I have an LLC, but I, I, Courtney was ragging on me for that. I need to start itemizing my life too. I don't yeah, know why I'm not I doing to, Vince, you got to itemize your life, and then you also got to outsource your life too. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You were talking about hiring an accountant. I've tried to do that. I couldn't find one for podcasting. Uh, I know. Too I many excuses. Too, too many excuses. I got you. What else? No, what no, else do you need? <laughs> um, let's talk. <laughs> let's not get depressing and talk about me. No I'm joking. <laughs> um, let's talk about the former show that you were on. You were a former co-host of uh, New Economies. We don't have to get too uh, into that, but I just want to focus on your broadcasting skills and your Bitcoin knowledge. Awesome. So that came actually. That came from the idea. Again, it comes down to it came down to fear for me. I was um, always to, uh, basically told to. Oh, by the way, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Move your mic a little bit inside your collar because it keeps hitting your button. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Gotcha. Can you hear me now? 
Awesome. Yeah, no, um, I hear you. I just don't want it to hit the button anymore. It's it's coming out of the sound. Okay. Continue. Um, thanks. Get the little button. Thanks. See, this is why you always need a, a co-host. <laughs> You're a fantastic co-host. You're a perfect co-host. co-host. Continue. Um, I always uh, wanted I, – I was good in front of the camera, but I was afraid of it. So um, I took some acting classes in New York, tried to get over the fear. Nope, didn't work. So then I um, – a friend of mine told me to start posting videos on social media. So I started posting on LinkedIn, started getting a following. This is around the time when not a lot of people were posting videos in 2017. And then I was one of the first few women that started talking about Bitcoin because I bought some Bitcoin on Coinbase, got hacked. Then I just started looking for new customers. I wanted to help people protect their assets. And so I started talking about it. And then I got recruited by um, by this gentleman out of New York to do uh, to to do an, to have an interview at Nasdaq uh, and talk about Bitcoin mainly. What I was doing, just helping people not get their Bitcoin stolen, and uh, went to New York. Keep your bits. Keep your bits to yourself. Um, so I came, went to New York, and um, I I was sweating so much. Like I remember, like I was wearing a skirt. So for you ladies. When you interview, don't wear a skirt for the first time if you're nervous because the sweat just drips down your legs. And you can oh, see man. it on camera. Like if it's a lot of sweat, like you'll have a lot of like shiny legs. You could get away with it and say it's coconut oil. But if it's just one spot, like no. And you need somebody to help you like redo your makeup because you'll probably get a shiny forehead. So these are the things that I learned the first time. And but content was good so i had an offer my dad he shout out he he wants to uh no he's a big fan he wanted me to uh thank you and um uh, tell him uh tell you uh hello because he's a huge fan that's awesome that's awesome and um and then i just uh got an offer to to co-found a company a public relations and media company we went to london because the restrictions around blockchain and Bitcoin were a lot fewer than in the United States. And so we didn't want to get shut down. So that's why we went Mm -hmm. to London. Um, And we started filming between London Stock Exchange and NASDAQ studios. Um, Super expensive, by the way, to rent out a studio. It's like two, three grand for a couple hours. So, um, you know, you learn how you learn the value of time and to be really tight with your time. And, um, yeah, we interviewed a hundred people. Uh, some of these companies very successful. They went all the way to Davos for world economic forum. Um, some have been featured, uh, at entrepreneur magazine Inc. And so we really got to, um, to feature international companies. They were not just like New York and London, um, companies out of South Africa, companies, out of um, uh, Baltic states. So it was really cool and um, did that about two years and um, now just focusing mainly on, on writing. So I just exited the company and um, sold selling my shares and here I am. That's how it goes. That's how, like you said, don't stay too long. If something's failing, just jump ship and start the jump next, ship. get on the next mountaintop, get on the next mountaintop. Get on mountain the mountaintop. Top, yeah. And you're very good at that. Uh, one more question about your personal br- – well, one more question about what I know, and then I'll follow up with another question, what's on the horizon next. So you are from the Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. I would like to, uh, yeah, expand on your pride of being from that area. Czech Republic. Well, I was born in a communist state, so in 1985, so that was 
still communism until 91. Then my mom came to the United States uh, with my brother and I, and we settled into Queens about a 20-minute drive from you, Vince. We didn't know each other until high school. So so that was kind of cool. Like being Czech is, um, I guess for me, it's, it's like, it taught me how to be resourceful. I guess having that like European upbringing is because we're a small country, like 10 million people. And so uh, we're pretty uh, non-aggressive because we've been occupied a couple of times, but you know, 10 million versus like, you know, Germany and Russia, like it's not a good idea. Absolutely. To so we learn how to be resourceful. And um, I think like what's pretty cool is, uh, is growing up in New York city, it's, it's celebrated that you, when you're from another country and you speak another language. And, and I think that's like, that's only unique to New York city. And there's very few checks out there. I don't, I don't really know too many of them. And uh, so that was a lot of fun just being able to celebrate and uh, bring um, aspects of my culture to, to New York city and then into my writing and into my, my uh, business life and personal life. So it's cool stuff. Got to be proud. A follow question. A follow question to that. Um, there's a lot of ignorant people, including myself, when I was in college. Please tell our ignorant because I, I I love my audience, but they're definitely. I'm pretty sure they're not up on their geography. Uh, right? They went to the Yakko Animaniac uh, school for that. Tell my ignorant audience what the difference between Czechoslovakia and Czech Republic. Actually, you know what? That is a very good question. So when when um, I was born in Czechoslovakia, and that was still a communist country, when um, then Czechoslovakia in 91 split into Czech and Slovak Republic, they became democratic. It just the two it split into two countries. And recently, which is kind of then we became part of the European Union. Honestly, mm-hmm. I can't even remember what year. I should look it up. And most recently, we got renamed again to Czechia. Now, I don't like that because it sounds like Chechnya, and that's like a rebel area. And oh, yeah, that's a whole different area. <laughs> yeah, that's like in Russia. And so um, we're not That's Russian. where the uh, Boston bombers came from, the Boston Marathon bombers. Yeah, I don't want to like – Associate like, with that. You yeah, guys are, like, you guys are a love festival. You want to keep it that way. <laughs> yeah, love festival. Yeah, we got the love festival. So right now it's Czechia for some reason. But anyway, that's, that's a little – no, we are not Russian. But we were occupied no, no, by Russian no. ones. No. Yes, you were. You yes, and that, like I said, it's very easy to mix that up. Chechnya, and that's Chechnya. Why, yeah. Oh, that even yourself, you just said that like you were pronouncing it, and you're like, oh my god, I don't want to mix that up. But like I said, there's a lot of people in that region of the world, a very important region in the world. Like I said, the festival of love it's all over movies and television. You guys are very. You entered the EU. I'm about to look that up right now. EU. European Union. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and so it's been, it's been a. You guys entered. Two thousand and eight or three, two thousand three. You guys joined. You guys joined NATO in ninety nine. I think it was two thousand three. <laughs> I was. And yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, two thousand three is when you entered the EU. Uh, March two thousand three, now I remember. Yeah. Nice. So that's good that's, job on that. Good job on that. Um, are you? Oh, that's right. One more question. I, I remember you calling me personally. And I think it would be interesting to share. 
Um, how did you feel about losing your citizenship or your, your citizenship, I mean? Okay, so um, I actually wanted to, when I went to grad school, I wanted to work for the federal government. And so um, there was an opportunity with the CIA, and I had to um, acquire a U.S. citizenship. But in 2016 or 17, you couldn't do that because by law, um, the, the Czech consulate said you have to choose one or the other, which was kind sure. of crazy because Slovakia – the, our neighbor sister, right, allowed for dual citizenship. Then the laws basically changed, um, I think a year later. And I was able to then, so I, I denounced my Czech citizenship, got my U.S. citizenship, and then went to the Czech consulate and said, hey, can I have my citizenship back? So that's how that went. Now nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the best, man. That is the best. I was watching something where a Republican was kind of denouncing it. Oh, not Republican, Tucker Carlson. He was just like, uh, dual citizenship. And he was talking about countries that don't allow that. He's like, yeah, why would we do that here? I don't know why we did that. I'm like, what a weirdo. That's a, Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, so my last question, what is on the horizon? There always is something. So please give us something. So the, uh, I'm actually in a in Orange County. I always wanted to be in California and just basically have this type of life where I'm sitting at my desk writing. I have a v- nice view outside of my window, and when I'm when my uh, when I'm bored, I'm never bored. But when I'm kind of annoyed and I don't have the ideas that come to me, I just get in a lift, go to the ocean, or go on a quick hike. So that's how I envision my life. And uh, in the middle of winter, so like right now it's 75 degrees, sunny, and um, can't complain. So I'm working on a series of erotica short stories. And then in January, I'm going on a retreat. I didn't tell you this, Vince. Private invite only retreat with um, my mentor, my co-writers and, and collaborators in Miami. And it's going to be a workshop on spirituality, sensuality, and writing. So it's going to explore your, I mean, my sensuality and just expand my um, understanding and interpretation of the the written word and hopefully get really good at erotica because right now it's selling on Amazon. People, this is very true. People this is very true. And they, they, there's not a lot of good erotica writing out there. So it's actually one of the most difficult writing that I had to do. Erotica. If you can't, if you can't hire Fabio to do the cover art, you can get me if you want. I'll, I'll butter yeah, my. Yeah, with your lips. I'm just gonna. We'll just take your uh, Stones shirt and put it on my cover. Oh no, I can take it off. I'll put myself on like a horse. I'll put myself. <laughs> Fabio, put on a wig and have your long hair. Right. I can't believe it's not another butter. <laughs> but um, no, I'm excited for you because. Um, you write all types of stuff. So, like you said, diversity. And to go back, to go back, um, even when we were talking about diversity of politics, and I agree with you, you always have to have the best candidate. But also, I feel like diversity, especially with women, where we talked about with Courtney Smith, that it should always be 50% in all industries, at least, so that you have that voice, so that you have things that like are either women centric or or whatever beneficial to all groups of people. At least you have that person in your ear. That's so with Jenny. Yeah, same thing with Jenny Yellen. Same thing with you in industries that you're in. Bitcoin finance. That's a huge men market, and you are trailblazing in there. And that's the only way to do it. That's the only way to get other females in there 
getting people like you in there? So there's a, there's a law, um, a law of attraction. It's a law of association. And so, um, people want to, they feel comfortable around people like them. Um, and so if you're trying, here's, here's a little less, little tip in business, just a little, but it goes a long way. You love all your tips. Just a little, you screwed up. There's 88 tips from oh. entrepreneurs who, failed really bad right, from the, book. From, right the book. from the book but this one I don't know if I included it I did include it in the book and it's if you're trying to sell to women um or Chinese men or um I don't know uh Native Americans living in Jamaica Queens let's say then on your campaign put a picture of a Native American Jamaican. You see what I mean? So it's really that simple. And Hollywood is finally getting it by, by putting more Asians, um, Indian and, and of course Indians and Taiwanese and as actors, because that is what the market is demanding. And so I think that one of the successes we had at new economies is that we almost reached gender parity. So 60% of our, 40% 40% of our video interviews were of women. Of course, they were not always founders, and I didn't care. Even if they were managers or or consultants, I just took them by the hand, put them in front of the camera, and I said, you cannot keep complaining about um, not enough women in the blockchain industry. Be the woman. And so I think that's a powerful statement that when you – you know, you have a problem, talk about it, just be the example. And um, that creates authenticity and integrity, and that goes a long way. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. And uh, <laughs> no, we could talk to you forever. We have to get you back because this was uh, one of the shorter episodes. Like you said, we, we I didn't want to admit that to my fans, but yes. Because, so I even back to what you were saying with parody. So booking, booking, for instance. Yes, we had someone book before you, and uh, you're, no offense to this person, you're a thousand times better guest, so I was very thrilled that you were able to fill in. Even though you're not really a fill-in, I wanted to schedule you. We were trying to schedule you already. Yeah. You have a very busy schedule. So back to the parody thing. Um, my guests have been very male-centric lately, and I didn't want that. I wanted female-male, female-male. But like you said, booking is crazy. Booking is crazy, so like, I'm still struggling to do that. I'm still struggling because, yeah, everybody's time is valuable. So, I, like, even though ideally I would like a female-male each week to interchange, it's just whatever I can book. Yeah, and I think, I and I think, like, what was good is that my my co-founder was was a man, and so like we we always played on each other. So if if somebody felt more comfortable him with him, then he would interview them. If they felt That's more great. comfortable with me, sometimes we would do man on on woman, 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 mm-hmm. man, man, and we tested it. So for you, Vince, it's a lot of split testing, you just test things out until um something sticks, something sticks, but not just throwing something on the wall, hope, hoping it sticks, but just being very intentional and it comes in those details. So like, what do you have in your room? You know, like there's like superheroes, there's Spider-Man. I don't see Wonder Woman. Just That's very say. true. Well, well this is all art that has been given to me, by the way. And that one, that's a woman. That's Mars Attacks. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I see. So you got a you got a balance there. There's my, yeah, there's, I thought it was a woman right there. I have artwork. I have artwork right here. Um, I forgot his name, but he's uh, from Broad City. That's a female show. That's a female. What about, your, stone, what about your T-shirt? 
it could have been designed by a woman, but who knows? <laughs> it's all those details, but maybe you'll get more of them having me on the show. Well, well, majority of the shows that I mentioned and the uh, the music I mentioned was females. That's I'm right. A, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of female I art. I know I'm you a big are. Coming of age movies. Um, I I look, including our guests, including the people that I like to network with. I love diversity. You're I love doing seeing the job. Well, oh, you're diverse you. yourself. You're an Ario cookie. Yeah. I love Oreo cookies. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I just, uh, <laughs> I, I just found a dairy-free uh, Oreo uh, Briars. Nice, Do you nice, have nice. the one that has the green uh, uh, frosting, the filling? No, that sounds fucking disgusting, but I'll try that out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. But, I, but again, I have to respect your time. We're going to get you out of here. Back to your writing life. I need to get back to my writing too. I'm, I'm strong. I, you know what? I gotta call you. We 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 lost touch this year for some reason, and I need to get a lot of advice from you because you're like one of my biggest role models. So, before I tell everybody where to find the show, everybody knows pretty much. But tell us where to tell our audience where to find you. Um, definitely alicelithkova.com. So I think uh, Vince, you're gonna put a link. Um, that's my website, and you could reach out yeah. to me. Um, same thing, Alice Lieskovat on Instagram and my name on LinkedIn. So I use these three platforms. Sign up she for does. my newsletter, except I'm a little bit delayed. I'm doing a redesign. So it might be a oh, while. Same, same. I know that takes a little bit of developers. Um, and if you want to see me putting a thumb up on her uh, LinkedIn post, you can catch me there on her YouTube. You can see my little thumb right there. So you can catch our show on Keep Up NYC on IG. Keep up, shut up on Facebook. We're also on LinkedIn. Still been sane. Just type that in anywhere on the internet. You'll find me. You can find me on Pinterest, uh, Snapchat. Actually, what's really funny, I did set up an OnlyFans recently. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be slinging dick pics, but I definitely want to take the name at least. I don't want somebody taking my name. So now I have an OnlyFans. Let's get the fuck out of here. So. You better shut the fuck up. Listen and keep up with my homegirl, Alice in the in the watching glass, Alice Lukova, and still been saying over and out, homies. Mm-hmm.